Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course, the music. This week, I'm joined by a person who has experienced nearly every area of the music industry, Brianna Boyd. Bree is currently working toward artist management and has significant experience working as a music journalist, tour management, and has even experienced the business side of the industry. Bree talks about starting her own blog and video series, the lessons she's learned while on tour, and some killer advice on how to begin in the industry. So with that, let's listen to one of Bree's favorite bands, Foxing, and then dig into the interview. to Anger Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. How are things going for you today? Uh, things are great. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I'm in the middle of a bit of a heat wave here in New York City, so that's been super fun to deal with. Um, but I'm overall, sure. I can't really complain. 
Yeah, no kidding. Um, I'm here in Florida, and I think that actually the temperature is higher where you are. I've heard it's crept up toward 100. So Yeah, yeah. Um, this is giving me a taste of uh, Florida life, I think, um, <laughs> with the humidity and everything. But the good news is I'm kind of sweating it out, giving myself a little bit of a glow, so <laughs> silver lining. There you go. A little bit of glow doesn't hurt, at least. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I could use more of that. Absolutely. Well, I'm really excited to talk to you about all the things that you've done in music. Um, for anybody who's out there who isn't familiar with Brie, um, you seem to have done it all. Artist management, your own media, um, being able to work with some companies as well. So let's just kind of dig into it. But before we get into your career itself, I want to find out from you how you kind of first came to fall in love with music. Sure. Um, that's a really good question. Uh, I always really liked music from a young age. Um, I started taking it a little bit more seriously when I was about 13 or 14 years old. Um, and then by the time I was uh, in high school at about 15 or 16, I realized that I wanted to do music full time. Um, I actually kind of like one of the major catalysts for me was the movie Almost Famous, which is still mm -hmm. my favorite movie now. Um, and through that, I realized that I wanted to have my own music blog as well and be like a music journalist. Um, and so uh, one of the first things that I did was start a music blog. Um, and at that same time, I kind of was just really passionate about learning a little bit more. Um, and so I was trying to do an internship and uh, anybody who's starting to break into the music industry or work in general will know that most internships, if not all of them at this point, because it's kind of, it's a legal thing that you have to have college credit. Um, you have to be a college student. Um, and so I didn't know that at the time because I was 15. So I was hitting up a lot of these different labels um, that I was familiar with. Uh, my favorite record label at the time was Fueled by Ramen. So I hit them up and I'm like, hey, can I be an intern? And they're like, oh, that's awesome, but you're way too young. Um, so I'm not sure how I came across it, but uh, I came across Working Group Artist Management, um, which is also kind of owned and operated by the same people who do Doghouse Records. Um, and so I hit them up and, uh, you know, they were kind of willing to take me on as an intern. Um, and at that time, working group has kind of changed uh, a little bit from then in that now they're doing a little bit more kind of like electronic um, pop sort of stuff. But at the time, it was very emo, like very Warped Tour. Um, they had like Never Shout Never and the Ready Set. And, you know, they signed um, a lot like Birds. And uh, they were one of the first labels to like discover um say anything um and so it was really cool and i got to kind of learn a little bit more about record labels and i got to learn a little bit more about management um and from that experience i i you know kind of fortified the idea that i wanted to work in music but i also kind of uh got to narrow it down a little bit and know that i wanted to be in artist management um so it's been really cool to kind of know what I want to do from a young age because I meet people all the time even today who are in their um, you know mid to young 20s or even older and they're like I don't really know what I want to do um, and it's cool because I, I don't really know what that's like because I've always been super focused about music. <laughs> I know that feeling um, I'm one of those people that always likes to have a plan so yeah. I can totally get that whole, like, once you have your heart set on something, you're motivated, you're going to push it as far as you can. And that's so cool that you were already exposing yourself to the labels that you're passionate about and trying to find opportunities at such a young age. Um, must have been disappointing at 15 to be turned down, unfortunately, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure. Uh, but it's, I got to tell you, like, one of the things that I would advise to anybody who's going to start working in music is... Uh, you got to get ready to be pitching things, whether it's yourself or like bands or musicians or your ideas and get ready for some, you know, no's or some like that stupids or just plain old, just no responses at all, because you're going to get a ton of those. Um, I have certainly, and I continue to like get ignored in my like little pleas or whatever, but you 
got to learn to like not take it super personal because it is what it is. And um, there's strength in following up again a couple of times. So, <laughs> um, you know, it's it's all a learning lesson for sure. That's so awesome. Well, it sounds like you've gained so much over the years. Uh, to backtrack a little bit, you mentioned that you love Fuel by Ramen, for example, for one of the labels that you were excited about. Um, what were some of the bands that got you really excited about music growing up? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I love this Providence. Um, Paramore has been my favorite band since I was 13. Um, so it's been really awesome to grow with them as a fan. And I could spend probably this whole podcast episode talking about like <laughs> how many shows I've been to and the cruises and flying and and all these people that I've met because of that band, but um, I'll keep it with Paramore as a band that I liked at that time. Um, <laughs> uh, a Rocket to the Moon. Um, I think they had uh, the Friday Night Boys. Or, mm-hmm. You know, I, I just, I was obsessed with that label at the time. Um, and I still think it's a super cool label. Um, and I put a lot of my money, AKA my mom's money into <laughs> going to the web store and like buying the different sweatshirts and things mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of getting to know like the different people who work there. Um, like the dude Adam, who's still really involved with Paramore's team um, and kind of just like nerding out. And so I always have a really soft spot in my heart for Fueled by Ramen. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, their roster was phenomenal, especially in the mid 2000s. And, you know, Paramore just has transcended so much. And uh, I still remain somebody who can look at that era and look at that band and think, wow, they really broke barriers. They really built a community for people. And they still do. It's so cool. Totally, for sure. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm 25 years old now, and I'm still going to these shows with people that I met from their fan club. So, um, you know, I've grown up with that band, but I've also grown up with a lot of people who, um, you know, also decided to take their money and like join this fan club and like be on these chat rooms and all this stuff that's like almost unheard of now. But, um, you know, I'm really grateful for that. And uh, it's definitely not only given me the experience to kind of like get to know what it's like to be a fan and, and you know to care about bands and artists like that but it's also really cool and unique more than that to kind of like grow up with these bands and kind of like remember like when I was in high school listening to them and then when I was in college and getting my master's and all this sort of stuff it's like it's really cool yeah because like the music itself it kind of bookmarks the experiences that you've had in your life it, that's obviously the case of the artist but it's so special whenever you feel like it can bookmark your life your experiences and then like there's so much you can gain from just participating in a fan community and stuff. So that's so cool that you had that opportunity. For sure. Um, Thank you. What what kind of drew you to pursue rock music as your kind of outlet? Okay. Um so I'm in New York City now, but I've always been in New York City. Um I'm pretty much born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Mm-hmm. Um and uh there's a really big uh, West Indian Caribbean uh, community here. Uh, my family is Jamaican, and so um, I kind of grew up listening to a lot of reggae, hip hop, R and B. Being obsessed with like B two K and like Jodeci and whatever, um, and obviously lots of dance hall and reggae. Um, and it wasn't until uh, I was about maybe thirteen or fourteen, and I kind of caught the tail end of like MTV actually playing music. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, people like to pretend that like MTV stopped playing music in the eighties or like the nineties, but there there was a period where, um, you know, after every show they would have like Tegan and Sarah, yeah. um, you know, doing their acoustic sessions or um, like the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus or like all these different bands that were kind of like on their little thing. Um, And up until that point, I didn't really have much of any experience with rock music. Um, I find that a lot of my friends who grew up in a different culture than me, like their dad listened to Pearl Jam and that's how they listened to Pearl Jam. Their dad listened to Aerosmith. It's like my mom, my family was not about that life. Like um, my mom will say that she had a brief like Guns N' Roses time Mm -hmm. when she was in college, but for the most part, it's not like. I I don't know. 
Um, it wasn't like that. But uh, I, Paramore and uh, Fall Out Boy were two of the first rock bands that I ever started listening to. Um, and once I kind of like opened that door, it was kind of like no, I just kind of took it and ran with it. Um, and I've always kind of been the kind of person that's like, I don't just like listen to a single or two and then I move on from it. It's like, I want to know your entire discography mm -hmm. and I want it like, this was still kind of like Lime Wire period where you could get like, um, I remember in particular, I had this track from, I think it was some South by Southwest show where Anthony Green uh, was singing uh, Lemonheads cover with Craig Owens. And like, you could just like download these like obscure like sets and different acoustic stuff. And so I really got to know these bands and artists and um, I really liked it. And uh, from there, I kind of listened to everything from like kind of folksy stuff to pop rock to um, hardcore. I think Scary Kids, Scaring Kids was one of the more heavier records that I first started listening to. Um, and honestly, from about the time I was 13 up until freshman year of college, like I exclusively listened to rock music and, um, and it was really cool. Um, it was also really hard because I kind of ended up isolating myself a little bit in high school, but um, you know, it's it's definitely kind of turned me into a really multifaceted person. And I can kind of like hang out with a multitude of different groups of people and kind of like have something in common with them. That's really special. And music does have that way of like bringing people together. And what a time to be growing up because I'm 25 also. I remember the that last tail end of there being music videos and stuff on mm -hmm. MTV. And like, I remember getting ready for high school in the morning and like flipping on MTV and like, you know, that was what I did. I caught up on all the music videos. I saw the new Fall Out Boy record, like mm -hmm. Infinity on High, seeing that kind of debut as some of the last music videos and stuff. And like, yeah, it was just so cool to experience that. And then, you know, you being able to use LimeWire and all these like compilations as ways to continue to expose yourself to music or, it's just really awesome. Um, how do yeah. you find your music now? Um, now I'm actually an exclusive, pretty much Spotify user. So mm -hmm. um, I started using Spotify in like 2012. Um, and I never really thought that I'd be only using Spotify because, you know, um, kind of going back to what you just mentioned, it's like, I remember kind of like categorizing my own music and converting the thing to MP3 and organizing my library. And then I had a separate iPod classic in not my phone because I didn't have enough room on my phone. <laughs> it's like all this different minutia, which is like, I look back fondly now, but it, now it's just like, okay, I'm kind of like dating myself because <laughs> like, who does that anymore? But um, I, I, I find my music um, through, I do a lot of searching on Bandcamp. I'm a big fan of Bandcamp, mm -hmm. um, Facebook, um, you know, word of mouth and, you know, finding different opening bands at shows. But um, the music blog that I had uh, really opened me up to um, different outlets to finding new music. Um, I used to love alternative press. Like I had that subscription for years and they had these different sections where they'd kind of write about different bands all over the country. So I'd go there and a lot of the times these bands are friends with other bands. And if you do enough, like going through their Facebook pages, seeing different shows that they play with different bands, like before you know it, like I started listening to a band in New Jersey and no joke, I kept like searching around through different bands that they're affiliated with and whatever. And now I'm in bands in Oklahoma. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, like literally yesterday I was searching through for different artists and before I know it, like I'm in Tulsa or something like that, like relatively like Tulsa music scene bands and stuff like that. And so, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm all over the place with music. Um, but, uh, it's, it's a really cool time because, um, even though we're no longer kind of like sitting down and like coding our MP3s, like I'm still kind of doing the same shit. Like I'm still <laughs> saving the artists and, you know, kind of going back and making playlists and stuff. So yeah, it's really cool. That's perfect. Yeah. Cause there's a whole process of still kind of sorting your music to some extent and exposing yourself to more and more is like just 
I feel like that's part of the chase for me of like loving music is just like, oh, look, here's more. And they sound kind of like this band I'm really excited about. And it kind of then I feel like with the modern era, particularly with the Internet, you end up finding out that these bands are sometimes friends with each other and then maybe they'll tour together. And then it just turns into this whole like beautiful experience just because of that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm constantly kind of nerding out like, you mean there's more good bands out there that I've never <laughs> heard of? And it's just like, it, it's, it just kind of blows my mind. It's just like, it's crazy. But that makes me know that I'm in the right industry because it's just like anybody else would be like, okay, you're listening to this band with like 400 likes or from Nebraska, like relax a little bit. And I'm like, These guys are good or whatever. I'm going to throw them in my playlist. But you know, when you really like something like, you're you enjoy all of it so absolutely well i'm sure that nebraska band appreciates your likes and follows and listens yeah <laughs> no i i throw them likes around all the time <laughs> like because it's my way of kind of like going back because i'm a nerd so i'll go back to like my activity log or whatever and i'm like Ooh, or whatever so um, yeah, <laughs> um i'm a nerd for sure i love it i do well, um, you kind of started to mention it earlier with the blog that you were running, Unsigned and Unleashed. First of all, mm-hmm. I really love that I was able to track down some of the videos for that because I love the interviews that you were able to do. Um, what was it, what drove you to create that blog? Um, it was a mix of kind of, uh, you know, I, I went to my first warp Tour when I was about 15 or 16. Um, and I was obsessed with uh, alternative press. And then I saw Almost Famous and I'm like, oh, you mean you can talk to artists and like <laughs> make that a thing? And, you know, um, earlier on in kind of my, my adolescence, I thought I also wanted to be a writer. So I'm like, great music and writing together. Here's what I want to do. And I'm going to make a ton of money. But just like you learn that that's not the case. But um yeah, so that's kind of what put me on to it. And, um, you know, I've always kind of been the person that's like, once I decide that I want to do something, I just do it. Like, I, growing up, when I had the blog, people would be like, oh, you're so lucky. I'm like, there's nothing really lucky about it. Like, you know, I wanted to have a music blog. So I started it. Like, um, and starting that music blog was probably one of the best decisions that I ever made. Um, you know, it really challenged me and it, it made me learn a lot about the music industry. And I really, my favorite parts personally are the interviews. Um, and it's a little cringeworthy to go back on it, not because of like me interviewing, but like the video quality or whatever, but it's, it's really cool to go back and get to see where I was when I was 2011 or 2012. And you, I literally get to see myself interview my favorite bands and, and learn more about them. And, um, Unsigned and Unleashed was a relatively small blog, um, but, you know, it grew from nothing to a bigger form of, but sort of something, um, and, and that was really cool, and that kind of defined um, my teenage years up until, um, like, three years ago, so it was really cool to kind of, like, grow with that. That's so awesome, and I just love that you worked with such incredible acts clearly your motivation drove you to have that kind of opportunity because you were talking to people like koji or stevenson and foxing how how were you able to kind of make these connections um you know honestly and i still do this now there's so much information out there about the different bands um, and the artists that people listen to. It's like their pub, their press company is like literally right there mm-hmm. because, you know, bands are, you know, people don't really like to say it because it's, it's more than this, but it's also a brand. So it's kind of like literally just kind of shooting your shot. And I like this band. I hit up so-and-so. I told them a little bit about my blog, what I want to do, um, you know, and they said, sure, come to the show. We'll give you a pass. We'll give you a ticket to the show. And then, you know, I do the interview and I throw it up. And eventually, um, you know, the music scene, especially within rock, is so, so small. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the times you're dealing with the same publicists and those publicists, they begin to like you and they begin to kind of like know that you know what you're doing or they see that you're hungry and so so they'll start pitching stuff for you and so sometimes it can become a little bit less of like going 
you know, kind of like pitching and they're more of like pitching to you because, you know, it benefits them. It's a, it benefits you because you love to do it. They benefit from, you know, getting some exposure um, for their clients. And so um, that's kind of how I got about interviewing bands um, and kind of making that work for myself. That's so awesome. What, how did you feel like the first time that a publicist told you, yes, that you could interview a band? Um, Wow. Uh, I felt really good. I felt really good. Um, I don't remember the first interview that I did, but I remember, uh, for example, when I did Touche, Touche Amore, mm-hmm. um, at the time, like Touche Amore was like my favorite band. Um, and I knew all their songs and I love Jeremy Baum. And, uh, you know, when I got approved for that, that was really cool. Um, and, and, you know, kind of getting face to face with, with your favorite musician and meeting them on the same level um, and them being, you know, a lot of the times people kind of like idolize musicians and stuff like that. And that's also another benefit of doing the music blog. It's just like, I don't idolize musicians. And if you want to, if you want to work in music, you shouldn't idolize them because they're just people, honestly, mm-hmm. they're people who learns how to, you know, write a song or people who learned how to play guitar, but they're still people. Um, and so it, it, it got me comfortable with kind of like talking to artists and remembering that they're people. And, and uh, I always like to ask people real questions that I'd like to be asked, like, how has your hometown influenced you? And like, what's the real meaning of this song? And kind of like dig a little bit more than the surface level of like, oh, what's your band name and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like people really appreciate that. Um, and uh, I remember when, um, Someone, I believe it was Epitaph, someone from Epitaph was like, hey, do you want to interview every time I die? And I'm like, oh, shit, like, somebody asked me if I wanted to interview every time I die. And like, that's really cool. Um, and, and, you know, those things also help kind of like build my confidence and made me feel like even though this isn't, you know, the biggest music blog in the world or whatever, like, it's still worth something. So, Yeah. That's such an awesome experience and uh, so many great connections to make in music as a result. Um, what do you think that you learned from maybe the artists that you work with and maybe through the experience of working on the blog about yourself? Um, I learned that I can be very adaptive um, that I can do things on my own because uh, another reason why I kind of like, some of these videos on the YouTube are a little bit blurry or all these different stuff is because I was literally going to do these interviews by myself, mm-hmm. setting up the tripod, you know, trying, just hoping that it's working or whatever. And, and um, I didn't have anybody else to kind of like make sure my camera had the optimal settings and whatever. And, you know, you have like 15 minutes to do this interview and make sure it looks good and make sure like the band's happy and, and you got to kind of like think on your feet. You got to learn how to be personable um, because, you know, these bands, a lot of the times they're just doing interview after interview after interview. And you'd be really surprised. They, they really do appreciate when you know about their music and you know about like them as people um, and they enjoy it too. And like my interview with Foxing, like they were like, oh, wow, like this was cool or whatever. And I'm like, and that really meant a lot for me. So um, it, you know, it taught me a lot about myself and what I was capable of, especially because I was so young. You know, I got to see that I am able to kind of like have basically a business and like run it and and do it. And, um, you know, that kind of like shaped me into the adult I am. And, you know also coming into it as a woman of color um you know my experience in the music scene has never been bad or i've never had anything bad happen to me um or anybody say anything like inflammatory or whatever but you know sometimes it's like i would show up for these different things and i know they weren't expecting me to be brown or whatever and i just see them look and it's like okay you really don't know anything about my band and kind of like you know, having people kind of like sleep on me in that way and then just kind of like having to be like, okay, well, I'm going to show you that I like your bands and I know what I'm talking about. And, um, 
And honestly, I kind of like it. Like, I kind of like proving people wrong in that way and kind of showing that um, everybody, especially, you know, people of color can be super different, super multifaceted. And we don't all have to, like, we don't all have to fit into this one box. And, you know, like, if you go to my playlist right now, like, I'll listen to Two Chains and then I'll listen to Converge. And then I'll, like, that's why my playlists are all over the place because my music taste is all over the place. And, and that's totally fine. So it's a really yeah. great experience to have. And then, like, you know, you're able to develop yourself and build some confidence as a result of, you know, being able to not only just prove yourself to people who maybe mischaracterized or misjudged you, but you're also able to say, Hey, I've got these skills. I'm still doing this. And I feel like I'm sure because for me, as I've learned more about the different people who are out there working on projects and stuff, um, it motivates me and it motivates other people to step up and create as well. Cause I mean, when you see another person of color putting in the effort and working toward any area of the music business, it's, it's motivating. Cause I mean, I don't care about too many like Mexican Americans who like myself who are like doing this and it's nice yeah. to see others out there working toward the similar goal. For sure. Um, I mean, they say it all the time. Representation is important and i don't think people really think about it too much but like like you said when you see other people doing it or or when you're in different uh instances where you see somebody who looks like you who you know probably has similar cultural things that they have to go through um it really builds you up uh, and it makes you feel like you can also do that and be in that role and you don't have to kind of like work so hard like mm-hmm. like you obviously have to work hard so you don't have to work five times as hard like you can just work your normal amount of work because um you know like like you don't have to be the pioneer really yeah. like and that's really tough for like people when you know you're black or you're brown or if you're asian it's just like sometimes it feels like well nobody's doing this mm-hmm. so i have to be the first one to do it um, and that's a lot of pressure and it's really hard because it's, it's cool when you see like people you admire doing it, like people in the history books, but like you yourself as an actual person, like that takes a lot of like having a good mental health thing going, like building mm-hmm. yourself up because it's, you know, somebody has to kind of like knock down the brick wall and in the process of knocking down the brick wall, it hurts and I don't want to hurt myself or whatever. So um, yeah, it's, it's really, I don't come across a ton of black women doing, actually, I, I don't know any black women that I, that personally want to do exactly what I want to do. I've come across a couple who work in music. Um, and that's been really cool and uplifting and cool. So I hope to see more of it. And it's really cool that you have this platform that's bringing more, um, attention to that because, uh, you know, particularly with, um, people of color who are into alternative stuff. It's like there's this whole myriad of things like that just goes with it because it's mm-hmm. like you're a black sheep and you're a black sheep at home and you're a black sheep out in the world. And, you know, sometimes your family might not understand certain things or they might think you're weird and like, and then you go out in the world and you're also like weird. And it's, it's, <laughs> you know, so I, I have a lot of love for, you know, different outlets coming up. Um, like, I know people are like, oh, Afropunk is like bigger than what it, you know, needed to be. But like, I have nothing but love for Afropunk because like, you know, kind of like giving that sort of outlet for people or just like putting the term Afropunk out into the ether is super cool. Um, yeah. You know, even though it's it's a thing that's been happening for several years, I'm just still like, wow, like this is here. And I wish I, this had been more prevalent when I was like a teenager or something. Yeah, it's gorgeous to see those kind of outlets pop up and more outlets that are inclusive and creating spaces for more people to be cultivated and stuff. That's so awesome that you think about Afropunk, too, because, I mean, they are such a great outlet. I love everything that they do. They've spread to different regions as far as, like, the festival goes and everything. So it's just phenomenal. I I, much respect for Afropunk and everybody out there who works toward that. Um, Yeah. I'm curious, would you ever consider doing media again in the way that you were? Um, 
you know, I don't, sometimes people have been like, why don't you redo the blog or whatever? And it's just like, I don't really have a passion for creating another blog or even like bringing Unsign and Unleash back. I do enjoy interviewing bands and mm-hmm. interviewing artists and getting one-on-one with people and having like actual conversations. Like, I think that's really cool. And I don't want to ever really rule that out. Um, but at this time, like, I think I'll always have something to do with media, um, whether that means working for a publication, I don't Mm -hmm. know, but like everything we do is media. Like you go to the hospital and they have these different tablets now and you just press whatever your ailment is. It's like, I mean, we're, everything in our lives are becoming media. Um, and I'm always going to work in music and, you know, you always have social media with different artists and, and even more than that, like, you can't even be like, oh, we're going to build the social platform. It's like, no, no, like, what are your other initiatives that you're doing? Like, people want to do experiential media wonderlands and stuff like that now. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I love media. Um, and I think I'll always be involved. Um, I don't know what shape that's going to, you know, form into in the future, but I'm sure it'll always be a part of my life. That's awesome. Well, I love that. And all the skills that you've obtained from running your own blog, you can always use going forward, of course, like you said, with like social media and um, the evolving ways that that's changing to promote artists and work with artists and all kinds of stuff. So that's awesome that you still have that tool belt. Yeah, Um, for sure. Yeah. So you've also spent some time working in artist management. Um, Can you talk a little bit about that experience for you? Yeah, sure. Um, so I've done a couple internships. Uh, the first being the one I mentioned at Working Group, and I actually was. It was supposed to be a three-month internship. Most internships are about three months, um, and I ended up doing that internship for over a year. Wow. So um, my basically my entire final year of high school, I was kind of working full time at this at this uh, company, um, and I was able to do that because I went to an early college high school and towards the latter half of my uh, high school experience, I got out at like 11 or something. Right. And so I'd literally go from uh, Brooklyn, like Flatbush area and take the train over to Midtown and work there until 6 PM. And I did that for a really long time. And then uh, after that, I did a couple more internships, uh, learning a little bit more, um, and then, uh, towards the end of my college career, I started managing a band called Northernmost from Massachusetts. Uh, and I actually got to know them because we premiered their, um, their first album. Oh, awesome. Um, so, you know, you never really know, uh, like I'm still talking to, uh, people that I met from the blog and, and you never know. So, um, I started working with that band and I managed them for a little over a year. Um, and that was my first time kind of like managing on my own and kind of like putting all these things that I've learned into practice and, um, managing, managing is a tough role because you're, you're everything, especially when you're working with such a small artist, you know, Mm -hmm. when there is no booking agent and there is no publicist because there's a baby band and you have to be all these different things. So I was doing the pub like publicity, I was helping book shows, like I booked their first tour, I was tour managing them, um, you know, trying to ease whatever tensions they had. Um, and that was a really cool experience for me. And it really showed me that that's something that I wanted to do. Um, and that band ended up uh, kind of like breaking up. And so that was the end of that, which was another lesson because if you work for, if you're an artist manager, you never really know like bands especially bands like break up all the time you got five different personalities and they're like (laughs) doing all this stuff um so you kind of have to learn to not be married to ideas or even married to artists and bands like obviously have nothing but love um you know it kind of got to the point with northernmost where sometimes they were calling me mom and you know like we loved each other and stuff like that and you know and so obviously when that ended, it was, uh, oh, sorry. I don't know if that did something. Um, oh no, you're fine. But, uh, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Um, 
And, uh, and after that, I kind of worked with a couple different artists. Um, and then I worked as an assistant for an artist management company, um, working with, uh, a lot of like kind of like emo rock bands uh citizen is one of them um really nice. great band or like foxing was another band at the time um and that also helped me learn different things about managing kind of like higher up bands but still like in that same vein of music yeah budgeting a tour dealing with different personalities and kind of like being knowing that you have to be on call um and uh and now i'm kind of looking for different artists to manage again on my own um, and uh kind of seeing where that takes me but yeah artist management is definitely a very big passion of mine um and it's always been my passion so um i'd love to keep that going i just really love working with artists and um getting to know what they want to do and helping them achieve those different things that's so amazing because you get to kind of play so many different roles, kind of how you were describing where you get to do a little bit of everything. You get to work a little bit on the publicity side, the tour side, um, working with the bands themselves. It's just, it sounds like you've got your hands in so many different things. So you're probably always working, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, any, any manager will tell you that like, you're kind of on call all the time like you don't yeah. really you don't get to kind of like unplug and be like okay I'm on vacation so I'm just gonna turn my phone off for two weeks it's like no um and so that's another reason why like management isn't really a job for everybody because it can be so consuming mm -hmm. um and it is a relationship it's a relationship like you're in a relationship with that band for the most part or that artist um and you have to make sure they're enjoying the relationship and you have to be making sure that they're getting what they need out of that relationship and vice versa so um it's also a lesson in kind of just like communication sure. um, you know there's plenty of bands uh who with their manager they have different text messages and like they're in text groups and stuff like that and when i was managing northernmost we just had this gigantic facebook group where um we were just talking all the time even if it's just like hey how are you today like um it's different from any other role in the music industry because pu publicists like or even booking agents they're involved but they're not involved like that like yeah they get to kind of like have their time off a little bit um not in the way that managers do which is why i like it because i like to be hands-on and i like to be as close to the artist as possible so um it's definitely something to think about if anybody's interested in, in being an artist manager but uh it definitely made me know that it's something i want to do because it doesn't sound terrible like if that sounds terrible then that's something that <laughs> you should probably not do <laughs> no that makes sense um What's maybe the biggest challenge that you've faced and been able to address working as an artist manager? Um, the biggest challenge I've faced, um, that's a tough question. Um, I, I would have to say um, I have never managed a band that's gotten to the point where, you know, they're a little bit more stable and that they have so and such money coming in this month and they have mm -hmm. a booking agent and they have a publicist so i don't have to do those things um and so on and so forth so when you're dealing with managing bands who don't have those different resources don't have you know a licensing deal or a sync deal or whatever it's not guaranteed because they haven't started making money mm -hmm. so you aren't making money you know so it's it's really really hard when you're just starting out in management and you're not and you're not just like kind of like oh well i just started working for a bigger management company and so i don't really have to take on the risks of like you know so and so um so i guess to kind of like answer the question i would say the hardest part about the hardest thing in my experience about managing has been having faith because um you know I'll, I'll keep it completely honest like i worked for northern mouse for over a year and i enjoyed that experience and towards the end of it i feel like we got to the point where they were about to get signed or they were about to get all these different things but you know the band itself quit and that's fine because bands mm -hmm. quit all the time sure. um 
But for me as an artist manager, it was, it was difficult because I put so much of my time and so much of my effort into growing this and nurturing this and whatever. And, you know, managers are paid off of commission mm-hmm. nine times out of 10, unless you work a different deal. So if the band wasn't really making money, you also didn't make money. So the hardest part is kind of like working under the guise that this is going to work out um, because you believe, you believe that the artist has the potential and that it's going to work, um, which was also another learning lesson for me because um, it, like you really have to love something to do it and it's hard and it's time consuming and you're not getting paid for it. Um, so that was the hardest part about managing a band, but um, I'm still incredibly grateful for that experience because um, I learned so much and, um, you know, I got to do what I want to do and, and know things that I don't want to do in the future or look out for these different types of red flags. Um, so I'd say that's the hardest part about it. And I dare say that's the hardest part about most things in the music industry. Like, Anybody and their mother will tell you you're not going to get paid a lot. So it is, it's, it's working within the arts. So it's a gamble. Like nobody, nobody's parent is like, oh my God, I always dreamed that my kid would go off into an industry that's full of questions and no stability and whatever. And it's (laughs) just like, no, like it is taking a gamble. So um, I go as far to say like, anything you do within the music industry is kind of um a difficult aspect of it is kind of like not knowing in the same way that like if you're an accountant you get your fucking cpa degree and then like well there's a need so like you work for (laughs) so and so i don't even know and you grow up within that company and like it's it's a little less like not even a little less, I don't know, but I feel like it's significantly less like anxiety inducing um, a career choice than I want to work in music. So um, yeah, <laughs> that's my answer without being too much of a bummer for anybody. But uh, when it works out, it works out. And I feel like if you work hard enough at it and uh, your, your, um, your heart is in the right place that it'll work out. So I don't really worry about that aspect of it too much. No, that's awesome. And those are all really valuable points and pieces of information that I'm sure people can definitely benefit from. On the flip side, what's the most rewarding part about doing artist management and being involved in this area of the music business? Um, it's, it's like their accomplishments are your accomplishments and mm-hmm. vice versa. And, um, it, you know, it's a really cool feeling where, uh, you know, one perfect example is um, on that first tour that I booked for this band and it was, you know, very small band. Some of the dates fell through, for example, a lot of it was like door deals and I wonder if anybody's going to show up or whatever. Um, but we had this one date in Michigan and for whatever reason, there was a lot of people there. And they were like really into Northernmost and they were having a good set. And like, you're just there watching them like do what they do and it's good. And you're like feeling like, wow, like I feel really proud to be working with this band. And like, this is a really cool moment for all of us. And it's very fulfilling. So like, there's a lot of lows in it, but like the highs are even that much better because, you know, we were all in the van an hour ago and so and so was just like hot boxing it. And I was just like, wow, this is really slumming it right now. Um, <laughs> it's, it's community. It's like you become a family with the, with the, per- with the band or the artists that you're working with. And that's really cool. Cause at the end of it, like, you know, these people or that person, they have this dream and you're helping them get to that dream in a little way. And it's really cool. Um, so that's my favorite part. I love that. That's so awesome. And that's in many ways for some of these bands, it becomes like a legacy point that they're going to remember for the rest of their lives too. That tour that they were able to experience because you helped book it or that awesome show, because you know, that 
experience maybe wouldn't have happened as easily without your help. So it's like, it's great for them and it's great for you because you get to have the memories. Of course, it helps when they pay you and there's just, there's so much that comes into it and lasting relationships, of course. So that's, that's so awesome to hear about. Um, yeah, thanks. Of course. So as artist management, what you're currently working on, what are some things you're excited to be doing right now? Um, so right now I'm in an interesting point because um, I was working at a, a really big um, booking agency for a while in their music department. Um, and I did that for over a year and it made me really unhappy. And I was working 60 plus hours a week and hating my life. And it was just really like feeling really far away from music. And so I kind of like made a decision for myself to leave that job, um, which was really scary because leaving a job is tough and leaving a job, especially in music is, I don't know, it's not guaranteed. Like, you know, anybody could have a really good resume, but especially it's, it's just a really hard industry, period. Yeah. Um, and you don't really know what your next thing is going to be. Um, anyway, so I made that decision. Um, and since then, I've, I've been doing a lot of um, kind of like freelance work, working as like a VIP assistant or a coordinator for different shows that come through um, the New York City area in terms of like meet and greets that they have, kind of organizing that, making sure people get their stuff, making sure that um, you know, people pay money to have a good experience with their favorite band and making sure that they leave happy and, um, you know, kind of facilitating that whole event. Um, and it's really cool because I get paid to do it. It's also a really cool way to um, make connections with those artist managers and those artists' teams. Um, so it's a really, it's a good opportunity for anybody who's looking to get into music to maybe think about working for a company like VIP Nation or Future Beat or um, CID um, because it's a really good way to kind of like get to work within music um, and get to know what like a little bit about production and all that different stuff. Um, so between that, um, I'm still looking for full-time work um, and I'm hoping to um, kind of like manage my own band or two. Um, taking some of the lessons that I learned from Northernmost and my different experiences in the past and kind of like putting that into practice because uh, I found that my favorite experiences that I've done in my career are things that I've done myself. So managing Northernmost or doing PR on my own or um, the music blog are my most fulfilling things that I've done in the career, mm -hmm. um, in my career and uh, growing up my mom was a, a single mom um, and she was just like, I can't work for people. I'm sorry. Uh, like she just didn't want to do it. So my mom, I've, I've grown up under the shadow of my mom being an, an independent business woman, a lawyer who kind of like did her own thing. And when she wants to travel, she does. And so that's also part of my thing where I have always kind of wanted to, I have a very entrepreneurial spirit. So I hope to keep putting that into practice. Um, so I guess um, this is going way past the question that you asked me. But, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm really big because I'm in all these different Facebook groups and stuff like that for women in the music industry. And like, there's so many women all the time. They're like, oh my God, I feel like giving up. Like, I can't get anything. Nothing's happening or whatever. And I'm like that all the time too. But it's just like, it'll happen. And you just have to keep working at it. It's a tough industry, but like, you know. Um, it'll happen and, you know, things, people's journeys are different. And right now this is where my journey is and I'm really grateful for it because I get to do different opportunities like that with you. <laughs> well, thanks for that. And it's, it's awesome. And I really admire how dedicated you are to this and given all the experience you've got, I'm sure nothing but good things are definitely on the way. Um, uh, you've really done it all. I feel like with, in that sense, cause you've done artist management, you've worked with your own blog and everything and so much more that I could go on about for some time. What's something that you haven't done yet that you would like to accomplish within your career? Um, hmm. I mean, I've, I've always, I mentioned that I always wanted to be an artist manager, but more than that, I always wanted to be 
I wanted to have my own management company, like oh, with an nice. office and like have my own roster and like, you know, like do it. And so that's something that I haven't, I haven't gotten to yet, but I would still absolutely love to do. Um, so I'd say that one thing. And also um, I'd love to learn more about production. Mm-hmm. Like I've learned to, oh, I'd love to learn how to run like front of house or, um, to learn a little bit more about mixing and mastering these different things. It's such a valuable tool. Um, and if you know how to do it, there's like, you're just opening up a world of other, um, you know, opportunities for yourself and it really benefits your clients. Um, also I would love to finally buckle down and learn how to play the guitar, which I'm telling myself that I'm going to do for quite some time. Um, so I have a list, a very big list of things that I want to do in my career. Um, and I think that's cool. Like you should always have things that you want to kind of strive for in your career. Absolutely. Well, a lot of those are definitely familiar thoughts to me, like actually trying to learn the music and get involved in that aspect as well. So that's so awesome that you have a similar mindset. And it sounds like you're going to pick up all kinds of skills throughout your career with that kind of yeah. focus and drive. Yeah, for sure. Um, And I I just feel like everybody, if you want to work in music, it's a really good skill to, to, to like nerd out a little bit. Like Mm -hmm. every other day I come across these different articles and some of them are a little lengthy or about like how Spotify is doing this different like plan about so-and-so or learning more about sync deals or like learning and and so I'm like constantly kind of like saving these things to my reading list and sometimes I don't get to it for a very long time but like um it's cool to kind of like go back and at least feel like okay I didn't learn how to play the freaking guitar but at least I'm like reading up about my field and learning a little bit more because um there's you know a lot out there to learn so absolutely well definitely always trying to do the same well sounds like there's a lot of really exciting things that are on the horizon for you um (laughs) i hope so (laughs) i'm I'm sending all the vibes into the universe for this to happen because okay it's been so awesome learning about you and all the work that you've done in music uh where can everybody kind of keep up with you and your journey maybe on like social media sure um so i do not have twitter so Um, (laughs) so you cannot find me on Twitter, but I do have Instagram, which I'm on pretty often. And my username is Brown Fox with no O. Um, I'm on Facebook, um, and LinkedIn under the name Brianna Pearl Boyd. Um, and people can feel free to either email me if they want at Brianna P. Boyd at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, if anybody out there is listening and looking for a really awesome artist manager, we know one. <laughs> and uh, yeah, make sure to follow, follow Bree. This has been awesome. Thank you so much for your time and sharing your experience. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, I'm really glad to hear that you're kind of creating this platform because I feel like we need a, a lot more of this. Um, so <laughs> I, I really appreciate you taking the time to. Would you please release me? Everything is fading. I can't keep my eyes shut long enough to see. Visions, I'm getting confused with shadows on the eyelids flickering light. It's just like Marilyn. And I Everyone will move on to somebody
heard Anthony Green. Thank you to Bree for sharing her experiences in music and sharing what it takes to grow in this industry. It's so awesome to speak with guests like Bree, who really put in the work and energy that's needed to succeed. I can't wait to see what's next for her in her career. That's it for this week, but you can always keep up with me online. Follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for regular updates. Subscribe and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Google Play, Pocket Cast, Overcast, and more. Want to tell me what you think of the podcast? Leave a review on any of the apps. I'd love to hear from you. I'm always booking guest spots, so hit me up at angergirlmusic at gmail.com. Whether you write and play music, run a blog, take photos, work on publicity or book shows, this can be a space for you. Send me a link to your work and let's chat. Until next time, stay angry and turn up your favorite song loud. Told me to stay, told me to not give myself away so easily. Told me to stay, but I'm bad at this.